from Montana for Montana. It's Voices of Montana. Hi, I'm Tom Schultz, host of the program. Thanks for clicking on the podcast. Please subscribe and please contact me here for show suggestions or comments at Tom at VoicesOfMontana.com. Well, this could be real interesting today. I think we're going to learn a few things. I hope we do. I mean, that's kind of what we we try to accomplish around here. There's a group of Montanans. They've been given the go-ahead from the state Supreme Court to begin signature gathering on a measure that would change Montana's two-party primary election process. The group, Montanans for Election Reform, proposing a system where the top four primary vote-getters, regardless of party, move on to the general election. There's a companion measure that hasn't been talked about a lot, but we will, that would then require a candidate garner at least 50% of the vote to win. Former Republican state legislators Rob Cook from Shelby, Frank Garner from Kalispell are among those proposing the changes, and we will talk to them today on Voices of Montana. Good morning. I hope you guys are doing well. Appreciate you being here. We are. We're working on it. We're hacking away. I know it's midweek. I guess there's, uh, I start looking up here about midweek. Okay, we can do that. And, uh, yeah. And thank you for making us part of your Montana mornings, too, for two decades, and we'll We'll keep working on on the three. We're into it now. Uh, as I mentioned, this is an interesting topic, I think, here today. A lot to learn is this. We hear because of states like Alaska in particular was one. And, and uh, I did uh, recently speak to a gentleman from Alaska there. So i uh, got some information. want to thank our guests uh, for, for lining me up with that. But um, ranked choice voting, is that what this is? Um, we have a primary party system. Some say it's uh, open or semi-open or semi-closed. I mean, it doesn't matter really what you call it, uh, but let's understand how the process works. And then let's understand if there's a need to maybe make some adjustments here, like some other states have uh, in, in Montana. How how would that work? How would that affect us? Um, are the outcomes going to be as expected or maybe what um, what have other states seen? In all of this, a lot of questions. I'd like to have you join us if you'd like as well. Our phone number is 866-627-5483. And you can text a question here too at 781-627-5483. On to the guest, Rob Cook, Shelby, Montana, served four terms. House District 18 there, 2011, 13, 15, and 17 sessions. Good morning, Rob. How's it going? Good morning, Tom. It's going great. I thank you. I thank you for being here. Frank Garner is with us as well, former Kalispell Chief of Police, and served the uh, four terms in House District Seven in the House from 2015 to 2021. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. Thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Let's start off. Yeah. Let's start. Where do you want to start, Rob? I mean, uh, why don't you tell us what this initiative is um, and what it isn't? I guess. Okay. Well, thank you, Tom. I, actually, we'll have Frank do that, if that's okay. Yeah, it certainly is okay. Frank, you're up. <laughs> well, thanks. I um, I usually start when I make this presentation with uh, by doing a little poll. I use a little PowerPoint slide, and the slide has two pictures on it. One is a dumpster fire, and the other picture is a bucket full of puppies and kitties. And I uh, ask people, I say, what which one of these two pictures best describes in your mind our current political system. I'm not sure that's fair right away, Frank, <laughs> but okay, go ahead. <laughs> and, uh, and I think the, the problem is that a lot of people in our, um, in our society and our country uh, feel like we could do better and should be doing better. And, uh, you know, there are a, a lot of really important things we seem to not be able to tackle 
and uh, and we love to talk about competition, right? When we're talking about how we serve, um, you know, the our our communities, our businesses, we think competition is a great thing, and it drives better outcomes. And yet, when we look at our political system, we do the opposite, right? We 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 move away from competition, and we have this choke point, particularly in the primary system, where um, people and special interests know they can have an undue impact on our political system. And so, to that end, we uh, feel like these reforms, uh, to begin with, having an open uh, primary where the top four uh, people from that ballot move on to the to the general, uh, is an important first step in broadening that competition and the choice people have about who they hire to do the important job of governing. And so you go ahead. No, no, go ahead. There's more there. Please. Yeah, I and and so what we know is that about 35% of people vote in the the primary. And often it's because they don't think they have a dog in the fight. Increasingly um uh, we we see and hear from people, and the studies show us that they they don't necessarily identify with those people in the primary system, and yet those are the people who in November we have to choose from on the the ballot when seventy percent uh, of the people are are normally uh, voting, and so we've seen Rob and I have seen those of us that have served have seen the undue influence that special interests and others have on that, what I would call a choke point in the primary system where sometimes 15% uh, of the people can drive um, the agenda and uh, select a candidate that doesn't represent uh, the, the views of the majority of the people in that district. So to begin with, we, we feel it's important to have um, more choice, better competition, to drive uh, better outcomes in uh, in our selection process for these important positions. Frank Garner, again, uh, appreciate that. Uh, former House District 7 representative for, for four terms there. Rob Cook also with us from Shelby, Montana. Montanans for Election Reform is the group, and they're a part of it here, montanansforelectionreform.com. For more information on that, Rob, what is this proposal? What are you um, changing from and what are we changing into? Talk about how our primary system works right now. Well, thank you, Tom. The, uh, the, the current primary system requires the voter to vote for a single party's ballot in the primary. So it's uh, our system is semi-closed and it's called semi-closed because you actually get all of the uh, all of the party ballots when you go to vote, and but you're only allowed to choose one of them to vote on. The proposal for open primaries would place all the candidates from every party on the same ballot, much like there is in a judicial election today. So Montanans have seen it before, but the difference being is that you still could have your your, your party affiliation could still be listed on the uh, on the open primary ballot. So and then the. The, the next step of that is the top four vote getters in each primary would then advance. So you could conceivably have three Republicans advance and no Democrats in some districts or, or any, any possible, um, you know, anything that you could imagine. 
Uh, most likely you're going to have third-party candidates that also advance, just like we do today. The difference to today is the third-party candidate gets a, gets a more or less automatic berth if, if they've qualified um, in the general election. So the, the difference being from today to, uh, to what we hope is tomorrow is that uh, you won't have to vote for a single-party ballot in a primary. You'll get to vote for whatever candidate you want on, on your primary election ballot. And, and I understand that part of it, too. Uh, as I mentioned, I spoke with uh, an associate who had um, w- went through this in Alaska. And, of course, Alaska stands out. I already got a, a text message here from someone who, who talks about um, uh, wasn't this in Alaska and it was a mess, according to Alaskans. There's Maybe that's debatable in some ways as well. But what I liked about it was, um, you know, every voter has every choice, so to speak, uh, the, you know, the single-party ballot. Personally, I'll have some concerns, and, and maybe we'll, we'll talk about those as we go. But a little more on this, Rob, or Frank, whoever wants to take it to. What, um, you know, does this affect uh, all the major races? Is it every state house? Um, what if we don't have four candidates? Uh, other questions like, uh, won't this just guarantee that uh, Democrats like John Tester get elected because you're going to have Matt Rosendale and Tim Sheehy and maybe somebody else on that same general election ballot? I know you've got a, a another measure to address that, but all those questions we're going to have, and I want to uh, just kind of state lay lay some some of that out for us, Rob. So, what what races does this affect, and and how will it be um, administered? Okay. Well, the, the races that are affected are listed in the initiative, and uh, they're the offices that are that are called out in the Montana Constitution. So it's U.S. Senate, U.S. House, Governor, um, Auditor, Attorney General, um, the um, OPI, which is uh, Arnson, and uh, and the Secretary of State, and then the legislative races. So the Montana Senate and the Montana House. And I think I got them all there. Why? Um, um, go ahead. I mean, um, yeah. Yes. And so, and, but there, there are actually two initiatives to address your concern about your, your tester scenario. Um, and the second initiative, and the, 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 there's two initiatives because the Montana Constitution requires that initiatives just more or less address a single subject or, or a single section of the Constitution. It's called the single vote rule. And so the, the second initiative is to uh, is to ensure that the winner of the general election receives a majority of the vote. And in that case, the decision as to how that looks going forward, the, the legislature could uh, decide to do a two-person runoff, which is done in uh, much of the United States, or you could have uh, uh, instant runoff, which is what's done in Alaska. Well, and that's the part we have to talk about as well. Um, Frank, do you, well, I'd, love, I'd love to talk about Alaska. <laughs> we will. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, Frank, did you did you want to weigh in um, on any of this? You know, the the sort of the X's and O's of um, of what you're proposing here. Yeah, I, I think first, uh, as uh, Rod described, it's important to understand that the number one element. And as far as I'm uh, concerned, really, the kind of the crown jewel of this uh, proposal is that open primary where we get more choices, you know, and the good news is you still get to be a Republican or a Democrat. You still get to be um, the best person with the best ideas that works the hardest. But you, we, in our lives, you know, tell me other situations where we do this, where we only look at a certain 
a number of the people um, who are eligible or qualified before we decide who we want to do an important job. We we don't do that, right? We we like um, having choice and competition, and we know that drives better outcomes. So for starters, having this open primary system we know does that and probably um, encourages other people to feel more affected in that primary system. Hopefully we'll encourage more of them to vote uh, in that process. Um, and along with the second initiative where it has to be uh, a majority of people, we know now that it, it that would make it much harder um, for special interests or those people that want to see power in just the hands of, you know, one or two people makes it a lot harder for them to do that. It puts people back in charge of their election system um, because now I have to, um, as a as a candidate and as somebody who's serving, I have to be much more concerned about what the majority of people I represent think than just the guy in the smoke-filled room down the hallway because they can't just um, pin me uh, in a uh, in a primary race with 15% um, of, of the people in that district um, that deciding the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what drives that those extreme positions and what drives uh, some of the divisiveness that we see uh, in our political system. Gonna so talk- those two, those two measures together, I think, um, you know, a- a- accomplish what we're trying to do. Well, and that's, uh, I think as well, we'll, we'll kind of get into that, the difference between uh, the majority, you know, 50% plus one versus ranked choice voting. That's something to understand here as well. Uh, that was Frank Garner from Kalispell, Montana, served four terms in House District 7, former state legislator Rob Cook from the Shelby area, also with us as well. We'll give some uh, plain examples from this last legislative session as we come on back with more here in just a bit. Thank you again for joining us. Tom Schultz alongside Voices of Montana. We're looking at potential changes. Just a couple of constitutional initiatives. One was recently approved um, or I shouldn't say it, it was. I guess it was given the go ahead by the state Supreme Court to begin signature gathering. So at least the language of that initiative was approved. Uh, and then uh, there's another constitutional initiative that's uh, right now called ballot number 13. So number 12 and then number 13, which is uh, yet still pending on terms of the constitutionality of its language. Uh, the attorney general's office will have a, a determination on that. There is a deadline for that. Rob Cook is with us again from Shelby, Montana, former state legislator, as is Frank Garner, again, a former Republican state legislator. He's out of Kalispell, Montana. Again, thanks, guys, uh, for being here. Frank, I wanted to uh, just start off with this because there was a, a recent um, oh, article you wrote. I guess it goes back to March, but um, it, it, it talks about specifically, I think, some of the reasons behind this when uh, you know, we're talking about elections, and and that's the first step in this process, so to speak. But you detailed here some examples of how of how perhaps uh, you felt that um, the result of our primary system has not led in in positive outcomes in some specific cases. Um, what can you tell our public about that? Well, I I'm going to start. At, at the end and work my way back. Mm-hmm. And by the, that, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask, and I do this routinely, right, as we go around the state and as we talk to people about this initiative and we build the coalition and we say, are you satisfied with the job that your government is doing? 
and and with your election system, the system you use to hire the people to do this job. And and I'm a person who's benefited from the current system. I you know I've been blessed to never have lost an election. And I'm here to tell you that this system drives division and extremism. And a, a military friend explained it to me really well when we were talking about it. And he said, hey, that's a, a choke point, you know, where you funnel the enemy into a small uh, corridor where the uh, a smaller group can have an inordinate um, impact on on that group and that's kind of what we do in our in our primary system and uh you know we we know that uh when special interests come to call and they come out with their scorecards and that kind of stuff you see changes in people's voting behavior and and we know that if the focus of uh our representatives is on what the majority of people that they represent um, what they're concerned about, that you'll see a change in voting behavior, will have a greater chance to uh, hire better people, the best people with the best ideas that work the hardest. And that served that this country pretty well for a long time. And I think the people I talk to have had enough, and they believe it's time for fundamental change. And, uh, and this is the kind of change they see that can make an impact. And uh, I, I would uh, point folks to that. Uh, again, I, I got it out of the Missouli, and it, was, it could be uh, in the Interlake as well. Uh, some specific examples, you noted House Bill 321 in the past session. You also noted uh, another House bill in here, the number uh, House Bill 269 to create a fund for disaster preparedness. Uh, some of those things are specific, and, and, and I think that helps. Let's go back to Rob Cook here as well. Rob, um, uh, I think there's a little more groundwork to lay here. So Constitutional Initiative uh, 12 would change the primary system uh, from this semi-closed, that you say, to a top four. Uh, how, how does some, uh, you know, it, how do you avoid um, where you have, like I say, um, one one Democrat and three strong Republicans in a race, in something like that, in a very important race, how do you avoid not splitting the vote? You say you're trying to avoid that now with the Libertarian or the Green Party candidates or whatever party, third party candidates, somebody's trying to run to spoil an election. Well, well, functionally, it would be no different, right, than what we currently have with the third party spoilers. Um, but the, 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 the job of the candidate is to appeal to the most people, right? Um, and, and in a district where you're going to advance three Republicans and a single Democrat, it's going to be an overwhelmingly Republican district, right? In the, in a, in the R base or the, the demographic, um, you, you're going to, the worst case scenario there, you would, uh, you would, you're still going to have a Republican that, that likely wins. And then you have to go to the runoff election. So, um, again, I, you just have to look at the numbers. Um, I'm sure there would be a case where there would be one one district where a Democrat maybe got through. But then again, you have to have the majority, and so you you end up in a runoff election. So yeah, it, it, it doesn't you, concern uh, me. Go ahead, Frank. Sorry, sorry Rob. Uh, and if you look at Alaska, the the balance in the legislature stayed essentially the same, fairly close to the same. It didn't change dramatically. Um, what you saw is a few more independents um, that were 
uh, elected in the state. And what you saw is a lot more bipartisan coalitions working on uh, things uh, that they thought were important, like lowering energy costs and education and revitalizing the economy and and those kind of things. The things that I think most of us are probably sitting around our kitchen tables talking about. And so that's where I go back to, to the beginning and say, you know, is when you get done at the end of the day, does it look like your government is solving the problems that you're talking about at your kitchen table? And if they're not, why is that? And we believe strongly it's because of this choke point in the system that um, many are able to take advantage of, and uh, that that causes us to spend a lot of time and effort on issues um, that most of us um, would would rather see dealt with after uh, things like um, you know our 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 health and our kids getting uh, educated and freedoms and and those kinds of things. So I think Alaska is a good example in that way of what it, it actually looks like and how it changed the voting behavior and the legislating behavior of the people in office. That's Frank Garner, Kalispell, Montana. Rob Cook also with us from Shelby, Montana. We'll talk more about this push to change Montana's primary election process here in just a bit. As we pay tribute to our nation's heroes during Veterans Month, AARP Montana wants to thank all those in uniform along with their families, for their service and sacrifice. As a way of expressing gratitude for defending our freedom, AARP has set up a special free resource site dedicated to Montana veterans and military families. Because veterans often face a unique set of challenges as they age or retire. Find this special free resource site online at aarp.org slash mtvets. When we say Mattress Firm is serious about Black Friday savings, we mean it. To prove it, check out the American Star Queen Mattress. Was $5.99, now only $149. Sealy Queens were $19.99, now $9.99. And save up to $800 on Stearns & Foster. See the Black Friday deals for yourself at your locally owned, nationally known Mattress Firm. Mattress Talking about a constitutional amendment or an initiative, a couple of them that would change uh, Montana's primary election system. 40% of Montanan voters, according to this group, identify themselves as independents, and I can certainly believe that. Montanans for election reform with us here today, former state legislators, Republican Rob Cook, Shelby, Montana, Republican Frank Garner, Kalispell. Montana. Rob, uh, I'm going to go throw this one to you because as I go to the website and I see uh, some things, you say Montanans expect independence and choices and freedom and competition and majority rule. Um, one of the things you guys are talking about is how this will increase competition. Um, how will that happen? Well, one of the best ways to increase competition is to note that currently our general elections uh, for, for our state house and the state Senate, uh, 80%, more than 80% of those of those districts are actually decided in a primary election. And we all know that the primary election voter turnout is very low. Um, and uh, and so what happens is we, we go through the primary and 15 to 20% of the actual electorate is deciding the candidate that's going to win in the general election because the districts are so unbalanced, either be it either Republican or Democrat, they, the, the, the lean is too great. For the for the other party's candidate, and so the the open primary system 
virtually ensures that there will be more choices in the general election, um, even if they're within the same party. And, w- and we believe this is a good thing again, right? You get to hire the person that actually appeals to the, to the majority of the district, not the majority of the primary election voters. Frank, you have some uh, comments, thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I just would agree. I think if, if, like me and others we talk to in our coalition believe that uh, our government needs to be more responsive and that we can do better, we can do a better job, um, this is the uh, initiative that gets us there. It's fundamental reform. We've all tried to do it one candidate at a time, and it's the old definition of crazy, right? We We keep hoping for a better outcome while we keep doing the same thing. It's time to change fundamentally the way we select people, um, give ourselves more choices, inject more competition. This initiative does that, and I think it'll change uh, our state and the political landscape for the better for for generations to come. Well, and people want fundamental change, I think, when it comes to their election system. or uh, I don't know if it's fundamental change. I'm not sure exactly how to couch that, um, but I got one text message here as well. I mean, you want to talk about fundamental change. There will never be election integrity until you get the money out of it. Um, You can almost substitute money for power as well. Uh, So we'll talk more about fixing, so to speak, the systems. We come on back here. It's from Montana for Montana. Voices of Montana. Voices of Montana continues right after this. Hey, Colder, have you tried that place in Bozeman, the Sapphire Motel? There this week. Friendly front staff, parking right in front of my room, modern amenities, and budget friendly with that ag rate. Ag rate? Yeah, the ag rate at the Sapphire Motel. A discounted rate for ag folks attending conferences, 4-H, or other events in Bozeman. Close to I-90, downtown, and Montana State. Go Cats! And a go on that ag rate. The Sapphire Motel, down-home comfort in a classic motor inn. 310 North 7th in Bozeman. I mean, this is this is kind of a, a fundamental change here. We're talking about to Montana's primary election process here. It's been handed down, I think, uh, from from years ago. As I kind of begin to really look and try to understand. Welcome back, to Tom Schultz, alongside and two decades strong and working on three from Montana for Montana Voices of Montana. We're with a couple of folks who are from this group, Montanans for Election Reform. They recently got the go ahead from the state supreme court. Uh, to begin signature gathering on this measure that would change Montana's two-party primary election process into a top-four election process. There's another ballot initiative, 13, that um, is waiting language or approval, I should say, for the language from the attorney general's office, and that should come momentarily as well. That's really connected with this in terms of uh, the majority uh, vote. Um, so w- let's let's get into that a little bit and talk more. Frank Garner is with us again from Kalispell and Rob Cook from Shelby, both former Republican state legislators who served four terms for the rep- uh, respective or respective districts in the House of Representatives. Um, I, I, I again, there's I think um, still a little bit more to understand here, uh, Frank. I'll I'll throw the question to you uh, about the difference between uh, ranked voting and and what this. Initiative ballot 13 is. I mean, uh, so we've got a top four primary, but the number 13 does what to? um... It says uh, that you have to have a majority winner. So somebody has to have 50.1 to be able to say they they won. So you don't have the same problem in the general that you had in the primary where you have a small majority um, of people that have selected um, that representative. 
And so the legislature actually is would be charged with the task of determining whether it's um, instant runoff or runoff elections, how that majority winner uh, is chosen when you have um, a situation where you, you have um, the, you know, somebody hasn't gotten one in the course of the, uh, the November election. So most elections will be uh, determined outright, but on those that aren't, the legislature um, would choose that process. And what else to add in there, Rob? Well, I think that pretty much covers the majority winner amendment, right? Uh, other than to, to, just to give you a little background on where that is, that that's currently at the attorney general's office where he'll have to make a determination of whether it's legally sufficient or insufficient, which is basically just code talk for constitutionality. Um, uh, I suspect that, that they'll find it legally sufficient and and we'll move on to the stage where uh where we're where we can gather signatures on that as well um but, but to go back to 12 where, where 12 is officially 12 now once the supreme court the supreme court actually ordered the attorney general to prepare ballot language for 12 which is the brief uh the kind of the cliff notes version of the initiative that you would see on the ballot right and so he has, I believe, until today to produce that ballot language. And then when that's approved, we move on, We can move on to officially gathering signatures. Got a couple of uh, text messages here. Um, this one has a couple of questions in, in it and a statement as well. Um, who is funding the push to reform? Who, um, so uh, it, it, who's funding the, the organization? I guess it's a plain and simple question. Yeah, we've got uh, – yeah, we've got uh, – Funding we've uh, applied through uh, for grants to help, and so we are going to have, particularly to this point, I think a lot of it has been done. Uh, Arnold Foundation is one of the primary supporters. Uh, They're the folks that have been um, involved uh, with these kind of initiatives in uh, some of the other states. Um, But after we... um, consolidated we went out and looked for partners that were uh interested in helping put montanans back in charge of their election system and and uh and that's one of them in addition to um we've got a a push now to have a number of montanans uh join us financially in this and I, i i think you'll see that as our coalition builds um many montanans joining us and helping to pay for it Frank Garner again from Kalispell. Rob, I'll throw this one to you. Um, it's a kind of question number two, um, but I think the answer is it's not really going to affect the Electoral College, but how does it? And then here's the statement. When it comes to a runoff with popular vote, this will give the population centers an unfair advantage over the rural communities as cities like Helena, Bozeman, Missoula turn more blue. This will ensure that Democrats win. Um, so th- this uh, listener does not like this idea, and it says it's fundamentally against the constitution. Um, any, any thoughts on that, Rob? Yeah. So, so let's, let's address the electoral college first, right? The electoral college is just a function really of state population, right? Two senators count. And then however many representatives you get at about 500,000 people apiece. So this, this has no bearing on the electoral college and the, the, and, and that subsequent vote for, for president. Um, to go back to, I, I don't I, I don't follow how you get to the fact that cities would be advantaged because everybody still gets to vote in a runoff. It's a statewide runoff. Rural and city still vote. So 
um, everybody everybody that voted in the general election, say uh, say two guys advance to the runoff with a plurality of the vote. Um, everybody gets to vote again. So there's no there's no inherent advantage to be to living in an urban area or 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 rural area um, in that second vote. So. Um, I guess I have to say that, that that I don't agree with either of those. I think they're both in error. Um, that that the the more populated areas are going to um, not necessarily outweigh the rural areas when it when it comes to the vote. Um, uh, I think there's there's probably at least some something to look into there. There um, uh, again, how uh, I'd have to say how um, mm-hmm. because. Say you would say say we had two candidates that advanced that because they only got a plurality, right? They advance in a runoff election. Well, that's just another election. It's no it's no advantage to be living in the city or living in Conrad, Montana. Um, you still get to go vote that second time to advance to to determine the majority winner. So I don't. Uh, uh, again, much, there is no advantage to living in a city or living on a farm. Gotcha. It's much the same uh, as our current system when it when it comes to rural yeah, versus exactly urban. The same. Yeah. Um, right. uh, I, I want to ask this question again. Uh, we we look at changing our system, and we've talked about election integrity an awful lot here as well. I don't feel like uh, we have addressed that issue. I think there's a lot of shortcomings around there, and um, I, I'd like to see us get a little more gutsy about it and a little more determined about it as well. Um, this, I don't know if it's part of that process or not, but you look at the, what you cite low voter turnout in the primaries and, and the voters um, electing perhaps candidates that don't necessarily or, or represent maybe too small a uh, part of their caucus, so to speak. That's on the voter. Um, you know, I, I look at the gerrymandering that this last uh, commission did in Montana. It was very specific gerrymandering to try and get, as they say, more competitive races. Um, all they did, I think, was just, um, uh, you know, instead of letting the people choose the candidates, the candidates were choosing the people. Somebody had said that, and I, I like how that came out. What, what's, with, what's with this? Why, why don't we just educate the public um, and find ways to have our candidates be more transparent about their, their stances? Well, I, I think it's a great question, and you know, we've tried this for decades. Rob, I, our colleagues all went to serve with the idea that we were going to change the system, right? And that we were going to be uh, the person that, uh, you know, turn this train around and all of us have tried, but we have this fundamental blockade set up uh, in our system that makes it nearly impossible, particularly with uh, all of the uh, money that's out there in politics. Rob, uh, you know, I think explain, you know, some of um, what, what those dollars look like. Yeah. And so we, we have a system that prevents us from making the fundamental change. And we're in a position now, after decades and decades of trying and not getting it done to ask ourselves, what do we need to do differently? Because we're not going to do it in the same way that, that we've tried for the past many years. We're going to get the same result. And, uh, and we know from, and, and I don't think I need a, a survey or a study to tell your listeners or to, or to tell you that we know these kinds of reforms, this kind of competition um, in our process is going to drive better results. Everybody knows it in everything they, they do in their life. But um, 
one last thing is to just remind people this, all this is, is the chance for people to choose the system um, that they use to hire people with. And I do hope people, and I like that as well. Um, and, and as I spoke to your colleague, uh, Rob and, and Frank in, in Alaska, who said, you know, every voter, every choice. Um, I, I, I get that. I want to go into the, I, 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 you know, I'm an independent. I consider myself an awful lot. Now, like you said, 40% of Montanans do. So I, I like the thought of being able to uh, vote for different party affiliations if I want to, uh, because I may know some people. I may uh, serve, you know, on a worship team with uh, the next representative to be, so to speak. And and so I um, that makes a big difference here. Here's a text message, and there's more to come here. Um, and Rob, maybe you can kind of wrap it up a, a little bit when we, when we look at where the signature gathering is right now. But instead of wasting a couple hundred thousand on a runoff, uh, just used ranked choice voting. I know we kind of uh, addressed that a little bit. Um, maybe there's something we missed on it with the difference between ranked choice and, and then ballot number 13 that, that we talked about, the companion measure. Um, Rob, please address that and then tell us where the signature gathering uh, is right now. Okay. So so to to address the, the, the text message question, the the majority winner amendment does not specify how to determine the majority winner. So if two if two candidates end up with a plurality, um, and, and well if, if none of the candidates ends up with a majority of the vote, it's it it becomes the the job of the legislature, and it's specifically assigned to them in the in the initiative to decide how to determine a majority winner. They could select to have rank choice, instant runoff, whatever you want to call that, or they could they could decide to move on to a. Uh, to, to a, an additional runoff election, which does, which does create more spending and, um, and take some more time. But that is, that, that's, that's the natural prerogative of the legislature to decide how that, how, how the majority winner will be determined. And, 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 and uh, um, so we left that open to them and uh, it could, it could go either way. It could go to a two person runoff in another election, or it could stay with instant runoff. An instant is, runoff, ranked choice voting, if I've um, we've not explained it real well. I mean, it, it's the process where you, you don't have a runoff election. Um, you are selecting in the booth um, your first choice and your second choice and your third choice. And if your first choice does not make, then your vote does, does not win the plurality, then your votes will go to your second choice. Um, and, and, and on down the line there, I'm not sure I like that process, uh, because, um, I only, I go in the voting booth and I only have one choice sometimes, uh, or, uh, I'm, you know, I, I don't need, uh, a second candidate or a third candidate. Um, well, so the, the beauty of ranked choice, Tom, is you don't have to vote right. for all three. You don't yep. have to rank them. Yeah. And, and they, uh, you know, and partisan affiliation, I think will be known, um, I don't think anybody's going to try to get away with something. They might try to get away with something, but I think uh, today uh, there's just uh, too many avenues to, to be transparent about that. Rob, a couple of minutes here, a minute and a half, really. Um, so you guys are going to start signature gathering on this. What's your deadline? Um, how's that going to look? And, and people who will have more questions, how can they get a hold of you? Okay. Well, we have a, we have a, a website to be able to get a hold of us, uh, Montana's for Election Reform. Um, and uh, if you go there, you'll you'll see how to contact us. Um, you can also contact me directly. Uh, my phone number seems to be all over the internet, so <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Thank oh, you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you got to watch out. You, if you know me, I'm a, uh, I'm a bit of a tomfoolery. So uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. When I heard that, when I heard that in my mind, yeah. I figured I better, uh, <laughs> I, I better put some cattle guards around that thing. So where we are with the uh, actual signature gathering, right? We we're, we have to have approved ballot language from the, the attorney general. That's due this week. Once that occurs, we'll begin the volunteer effort to gather signatures. Um, as soon as the majority winner amendment clears the AG's office. And so that's likely mid-January. The deadline to collect the signatures is, I believe, June 15th, so mid-June. Um, for a constitutional initiative, you have to have 10% of the signatures from 10% of the electors in the past governor's race. Um, that's about 650,000 votes, so 10% of that is 65,000 signatures. Um, of course, you have to have many more than that because it turns out that a lot of the signatures aren't uh, get mm-hmm. disqualified mm-hmm. just in, as, as as part of the process. But in addition to the gross number of, I'm going to run out of time. I'm really up against it, Rob. I appreciate it very much. Okay. We'll we'll circle back on this again for more information. It's Montanans for Election Reform uh, dot com. Rob Cook and Frank Garner. Thank you guys for what you're doing. Thanks for having us. Talk to you later. Yep. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for the podcast and join us daily Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for more Voices of Montana, a live issue-oriented talk show heard daily Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on local stations all across Montana.